It has been a little bit since I have posted an episode, but I have been working on big things to do with the podcast, like our first annual Film Degree Awards, which are coming. I was hoping that they were going to actually be this episode and that it was going to be last week. I I just want my fans to know that it's coming, I promise, and it's going to be worth the wait. It's still a a work in progress because I want to make sure I'm very respectful to the creative process and I don't, I'm not robotic, I can't just... um, Put things together. It'll be um, it'll be a body of work that will be timeless. I will go back into my artistic self and really uh, unleash what I've been dying to for so long. Awesome. Any hints? Any clues? I can't, I can't not yet. Everything will unravel in its own time. But I'm super excited to get back to to what I'm really meant to do. Awesome. Uh, that'll be. I promise it will be out by the end of the year, and I'm super excited about Great. it. Great. I'll be back. Good. I'll be back. But um, there's still like two to three movies that I still need to see before I can confidently put out nominations and do an awards episode. So that is being delayed. Hopefully that will be before the Oscars are announced or the ceremony happens, which I think is like March 27th or something. So I'm hoping, don't quote me on this, but I'm hoping that the first annual Film Degree Awards will be... um, mid-March, hopefully. I I just want my fans to know that it's coming, I promise. But I have been working on getting through a bunch of 2021 releases and making a graphic to post on Instagram that has the nominations up in a nice and pretty way. That's how I decided I'm going to announce those. And I just need to see a few more before I can make those, make those final. So if you are interested in the Film Degree Awards, please follow my Instagram at film.degree and I will be posting the nominations up there in the coming weeks. But I don't know, I don't know when, just in a couple weeks. I promise it will be March. It's still a a work in progress because I want to make sure I'm very respectful to the creative process and I don't, I'm not robotic, I can't just, um, put things together. Don't quote me on that. It might be early April, but they are coming. I've been working hard on them and I'm very confident with what I have um, put into place already for it. So that will be fun. That is coming. And then I was trying to get those done, but there's some, I live in Michigan. Okay. It's hard to see some of these movies that Um, a bunch of other people in like New York and LA have already seen like drive my car, which is playing near me, but it's like, it's kind of out of my way. And the theater is like kind of shitty and I don't really want to go there and like find parking. Like it's annoying to find parking in Ann Arbor. So I don't want to do that. And I feel like some of these movies will be out soon on streaming, hopefully like to rent. I don't know. I don't want to get carried away, but that episode is coming. And yeah, I didn't know what to do in the meantime, because I put so much work into making my nominations for that so far. So I was trying to find an episode to do next. And this is why we've had sort of a short break between episodes was I decided, oh, I'll do Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the new one that was just released on Netflix. I even recorded an episode for it. Um, I watched it as soon as it dropped on Netflix, like 3am on a Friday or whatever. And I have 
some thoughts on that. But then I was just kind of like online because that's where I live. I live online. I always have an Ethernet cable shoved up my ass at all times. I am plugged into the internet. And I was just sick of seeing discourse surrounding Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like I thought it was really annoying. Um, So I decided to scrap that episode. So it's been a little bit longer than I would have wanted for this episode. But I have reworked this episode to be more... I want to look into the idea of a legacy sequel which is a huge trend going on right now in not only film, but TV. I wrote down a bunch of examples that I could think of at the top of my head that we will discuss, but I do think I will, I'm going to say my thoughts on Texas Chainsaw Massacre just briefly because I already did record the episode, so I might as well say my thoughts, but also I did scrap it as well because, um, I've already dedicated so many episodes of this podcast to slashers, which I do love slashers. Like I love, 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 love slashers. As you know, if you've listened to any of my episodes, but I don't want this podcast to be strictly about slashers. Um, So I just thought this has already been discussed enough on the internet and I've already discussed enough slashers on this podcast. So let's just come up with something else. But my thoughts on it were I did not like it. But I think it was fun for what it was because the Texas like, I feel like people especially myself when I first watched it were really um, we were really like basing our thoughts on the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre like the 1974 film. But like if you look at the other movies in the series like they're not good like the first texas chainsaw massacre is a masterpiece of filmmaking it is one of my favorite films of all time i think it is genius level filmmaking the sequels on the other hand are so insane and so not what the original movie is that i don't think it really matters anymore now that i think now that i've sat on the on the new texas chainsaw I don't think it matters that it doesn't feel like the first movie because literally none of the films in the series feel like the first movie. So it is what it was and it's fine. It wasn't good by any means. It totally ripped off Halloween or tried to rip off Halloween 2018. And that is a trend that we will discuss a little bit more in this episode. Um, but yeah, um, I don't really have much else to say about it. I I gave it a two out of five because was it good? No, it was pretty atrociously made. Although no, I don't think it was atrociously made. Let me backtrack a little bit. I don't think it was good. Okay, it was not good. But while watching, I was like, oh yeah, that's fun. Like I don't care. Old man with a chainsaw killing people. Okay, is that what the original was about? No. Did it look anything like the original? No. Were the characters as good as the original? Nope, not at all. But you know what? Don't care because it was fun. And I don't think we should be basing our thoughts on it on the original. Just put it on its own. It's a fun little slasher movie. And hey, I am happy that we're getting any sort of slasher content because we have not had a boom in slasher movies in quite some time. And we are officially living in a resurgence of slasher films. So... I'll take what I can get and I will support that movie and 
Shit, let's get another sequel in there. I don't give a fuck. Elsie Fisher, let's get in here. Come back. Even though I thought Razzie Award, Razzie Award, Razzie Award. But you know what? I don't care. It was fun and I'd watch it again, I think. So yeah, those are my thoughts on it. Sick of hearing people on Twitter talking so much about the state of horror with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, the discourse needs to end. It's not that serious. Let's move on. And let's move on into the actual episode. (laughs) As you can probably tell, I didn't plan anything out for this episode. I'm just kind of going with the flow. We'll see what this is. I don't know. Um, As always, I'm all over the place. But when I was thinking of coming up with a new episode idea, I was just thinking about legacy sequels because I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I would call legacy sequel. And then I watched the new Candyman that came out in 2021, which is also a legacy sequel. And then I was thinking, huh, there is a trend in slasher movies right now where we erase continuity from past sequels. We just go back to the original movie. We make a sequel to that. And we also just call the new movie the same thing we called the first movie. (laughs) So if you're not following what I'm saying, we have the original Halloween movie, which came out in 1978. Was it 78? I believe it was 78, but don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure it was 78. Anyway, Halloween, the original Halloween, just called Halloween. And then there was, what, 10 sequels of that? And then in 2018, they were like, let's erase all of the sequels, just make a sequel to the first one, but let's also call it Halloween. Not Halloween 2, not Halloween Returns, like it was originally entitled, just Halloween. And I'm going to be honest, I was not a fan of that. I don't like having to call it Halloween 2018. I'd rather it be like Halloween Returns. But you know what? It's fine. And then they're like, Candyman, let's do Candyman again, and let's just call it Candyman. And it's a sequel to the original, and it brings back characters and actors from the original. Okay, cool. And then they were like, let's do that with Scream. But the thing with Scream is, before we get into like the idea of the legacy sequel more, Scream is like sort of a legacy sequel, because Scream kind of never stopped being made as a franchise. Um, and they don't skip any of the sequels. It is just basically Scream 5 in the series, but they do call it just Scream, not Scream 5, not Scream again, not Scream whatever. It's just Scream, which brings in the conversation or the question, I guess, on what are we going to call Scream 6? Are we going to call it Scream 2? Like the other Scream 2? Are we going to give it a subtitle? Like Scream again? Or scream louder? (laughs) I don't know. Um, But I would say more of a legacy sequel was Scream 4 because there was like a 10-year gap between that. There was also a 10-year gap between Scream 4 and Scream 5. But the thing with Scream 5 and Scream 4, in between there was that MTV series. So like the franchise wasn't, oh, I don't know. I guess it is a legacy sequel. It definitely plays like a legacy sequel which again, we'll get into more. And then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they decided to make another sequel that was just a sequel to the original, which they already did in like 2013 with Texas Chainsaw starring Alexandra Daddario, but um, they decided to do it again and ignore all the sequels again. And 
To be fair, they did change the title. The original title of the first one, the first film, was The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And this one is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So they dropped the the, and the original had chain and then a space, then saw. And now this one is just one word, chainsaw. So (laughs) if we're being technical, they did change the title. But that got me thinking this little trend of slasher movies that we're getting right now where like we're bringing back original characters and actors and we're just naming it the same thing that we the original was named after and then i was thinking this isn't just a trend in horror like maybe this one is very more it's like much more specific like what i just said how they are just named after the original but then i started thinking like hollywood is really pumping out these legacy sequels now I don't know if I really explained a legacy sequel. I don't know. I don't, it's kind of, I don't really know exactly how to describe what a legacy sequel is. It's like a sequel to something that was popular. I guess it doesn't have to be necessarily super popular, but um, a sequel that came out years later that kind of, um, it really relies on nostalgia to bring people to see it and to care about it and to make money. And I was thinking, I actually think, this is my theory. Now, it might be a stupid theory, but I think it is a true theory. And I actually think it's true. Like, it's fully true. 100% I'm right. That the nostalgia craze and the legacy sequel, like the popularity that it has right now, stems directly from Stranger Things whenever that was released, like 2016 or whatever. Because, yes... We have had legacy sequels before 2016. We've had some, what was the one? It was a um, Scorsese film, I believe. That was a sequel. Hold on, hold on, I wrote it down. I feel like it was called The Color of Money or something. Uh, Yeah, The Color of Money, which I think starred like Tom Cruise or something. Haven't seen that one. But like, we've had legacy sequels. We had Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps with Michael Douglas and Shia LaBeouf, where a character from the original is like brought in and they're kind of like passing the torch to the young new actor. Like that is kind of what a legacy sequel is for the most part. But I think Stranger Things is the reason on why we have these right now, why they are so big right now. And that is because Hollywood really saw one Stranger Things came out, like how much people will eat up nostalgia. After Stranger Things, we had a huge boom in everything like retro 80s. Like we're still living in that shit. And it's like super annoying if you ask me. And I'm a fan of Stranger Things. I like Stranger Things. I didn't care that much for season three. Like I thought it was great and all. I just don't think it was as good as season one. But um, I think that really like boosted this notion where people are going to spend money on things that make them nostalgic. So like, let's start really cashing in on the nostalgia cash cow after Stranger Things. And now we have like a million legacy sequels. Now I made a list of movies that I think all of these came out after. I think these ones came out after Stranger Things alone. Independence Day Resurgence. That one might not have, but Halloween. Halloween Kills. Scream. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Candyman. Star Wars. The Force Awakens. Creed. Matrix Resurrections. Dumb and Dumber 2. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Jurassic World Dominion. 
Jurassic World in general, but definitely Jurassic World Dominion, which is coming out soon. Borat 2, Doctor Sleep, Terminator Dark Fate, Blade Runner 2049, Train Spotting 2, um, Bad Boys for Life, and Space Jam A New Legacy. Like, there's so much of these movies coming out, and I didn't even name them all. That's just a bunch of them. And this isn't just in film. I think it's even more prevalent in TV right now, where it's just so. Like, they're really, like, gr they're greenlighting everything, and it's all coming back, and it's, like, kind of a weird time to be living in, I guess. I don't know. I haven't watched all these, but um, let's just name some where we are rebooting the franchise or rebooting the TV show, but bringing back the original cast. And, oh, it's so fun. We get to see the original cast again. It's so nostalgic, blah, 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 blah. Um, so... Raven's Home, which is a reboot of That's So Raven, which is a very, it's a favorite of mine. I'm not going to lie. I think it is one of the best sitcoms ever made. I think Raven is the modern Lucille Ball, and I will stand by that, and I will die on that hill. Just saying. Um, she has the physical comedy that Lucille Ball has, and that is all I will say on that topic. Fuller House, Will and Grace, X-Files, Roseanne slash The Connors, the Hills, New Beginnings, iCarly, Dexter, New Blood, Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, Saved by the Bell, Jersey Shore, Family Vacation, Punky Brewster, Murphy Brown, Beverly Hills 90210, Girl Meets World, CSI Vegas, Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life, and Veronica Mars. Except Veronica Mars actually fits in with both film and TV, which I think is really interesting. Although one, I think, have this is an interesting thing that I love about Veronica Mars. Now, Veronica Mars is in my top five favorite shows of all time. If you don't know what that show is, it is a, I think it started on the UPN. Um, but at least the first two seasons were, but then the UPN like no longer became a thing anymore. So it went to a new network. I don't remember. There's three original seasons. And I think the first season came out in like 2004. Don't quote me on that, but it stars Kristen Bell and it's kind of like a modern Nancy Drew, I guess. It is a mystery series. She's this private detective, a teen detective. But the thing about Veronica Mars I think is so special is that instead of being like Nancy Drew where she was so um, perfect, Veronica Mars was so flawed and kind of a, not kind of, Veronica's like, a bitch but a lovable one and she's been through so much like traumatic shit that it's just it's so good she's so funny and smart and witty and quick and it's such a good show highly 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 recommended it has a huge cult following but it is in some controversy right now so the original series came out and it was canceled after three seasons hugely popular show and years and years later I can't even remember how many years it was years and years like 10 years or something um fans on oh shit what's it called um go was it GoFundMe I can't remember if it was GoFundMe but it was something like one of those platforms basically funded a Veronica Mars reunion movie they made a movie that was filled with nostalgia and callbacks to the original, like inside jokes, little Easter eggs. And I think for the most part, fans ate that shit up. I definitely ate that shit up. Like, 
I think it's so easy for us to like shit on legacy sequels that um, rely so heavily on nostalgia when we're not the fan of that of said nostalgia. Like I certainly have been like, oh God, it's so annoying. Like I did with Halloween Kills, even though I love Halloween nostalgia or Halloween callbacks or whatever, I thought the callbacks just interfered with the actual plot to where it didn't actually make sense. Like what's, oh, why am I blanking on her name? My brain is saying Vivian. It's definitely not it's definitely not Vivian. Nurse Chambers. Isn't that her name? Or am I thinking of something else? I'm such a fake fan. Can you believe? Hold on. I'm literally looking it up. Um, Mary. It's Marion. What is her last name though? Because I just said Chambers. Okay. Why does IMDB just say Marion? That is so embarrassing. If it's not Chambers, I'm going to be... It is Marion Chambers. Okay. I'm not a fake fan. Anyway, her being friends with Lindsay and Tommy and going to the bar every Halloween, like, makes no fucking sense plot-wise. Like, why the hell would this old lady be hanging out with these, like, children? Well, they're not children now, but they were. Like, they didn't ever cross paths whatsoever. Like, it's just bizarre. It was there just to get Mary in there. And it, it it's like, we get it. The fans want to see them there, but, like, don't make sense. But anyway, Veronica Mars, the movie, did that. Fully brought Veronica back to the city of Neptune to solve a crime that involves her ex-boyfriend who was the big love interest from the original show after she left the town of Neptune forever and now she's back solving a mystery after she hasn't solved anything in a while and I loved it it's great it was made for the fans and then uh was it like two years ago three years ago um they decide to bring Veronica Mars back on Hulu as a show so they give her season four and it's much more grown up. It's, I personally loved season four and I think people liked it until the ending because the show did something that the fans who just are there to eat up the nostalgia hated. They kind of, I don't want to spoil anything in case you want to watch Veronica Mars, which I highly recommend. I think it is a fantastic show, but um, let's just say a large character is no longer with us. <laughs> and fans lost their shit. They were like, we are done supporting this. We supported this for so much. We gave this show money and they are not pleasing us by doing this. Like, fuck Veronica Mars. Fuck Rob Thomas, not the singer, the man who created Veronica Mars. Fuck Kristen Bell. I fucking hate this show. And basically the love for that show is completely wiped out. I feel like I can't find a Veronica Mars fan who loves season four like I do. Like, I love season four, and I'm pissed we aren't getting another season. Although, I think we might in the future or get another movie just because... I don't know. I think that could happen. But I found this so fascinating, and I still think about it today. So, like, there were these comments... Like, people were pissed at what the creator and Kristen Bell were saying throughout the the campaign for the promotion, whatever, the promotional train that they were going on for season four saying like, well, we made the movie for the fans because they paid for it and they wanted to see it, but we made season four for us. And the fans like lost their shit at that. They're, they were like so entitled to having this new or having this catered to them. I get why people would be upset with the ending, although I personally love that type of ending. So I was 
perfectly great with it. I still think it's a great show. It's still one of my favorite shows. I could watch season four a hundred times over, but I think it is so interesting that how much I think these sequels of these big projects, these legacy sequels, have to be boxed in to be successful. Because I think you can't, at the current state of how fandoms are now and how social media is and how film criticism is at the moment, I don't think you can make anything that isn't like for your own basically artistic values, I guess. What's the word? I don't know how to word it. I don't think you can make anything on its own. Like you can't make it its own separate thing. It has to be something that is fully connected to the original for people to think it is good. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. People hated that one. One, because it's, well, it's not a really great movie, but also there's so much conversation on how it doesn't follow the original film. So therefore it's not good. Not even talking about whether the cinematography is bad or the editing is bad or the writing is bad or the acting is bad. Like, no, I haven't really seen that much conversation based around that. It is a lot of it. Not to say that it's not happening because again, it's not like a great, a greatly made movie. It's not like I would put it on a pedestal as a well-made movie, but like, all the conversation is, well, it's not like the original and the ori- they don't understand why the original was so good. And I think I was like that until I remembered Veronica Mars, where they were like, well, we're making a thing for us. Like, it's not just the fans who are making this. Like, we are fulfilling our own creative needs in making this project. Like, we aren't just making this for the cash cow that it is. We are making it because we want to make it and we have an idea that we like. It's not about what you like. It is about what we like. And yes, I know film and TV is like, it's a business and therefore it needs to make money to keep going. But also, I think people just need to realize that it doesn't need to be all about the money, which if you're a studio executive, it is about the money. But like, as a fan, like, I want it to be creative. I want it to do its own thing. And I think those, that isn't happening. Like, the original, or like, the new Scream movie, I think it is so much like the original, but it is also so much its own thing that at first, when I saw it, I was like, this isn't like the thing that I love 100%. Like, this isn't a copy of the first one. Why is that? And then I was like, well, for starters, Wes Craven didn't make it. But again, they're making their own thing. And that's how I think it should be. And we need to all take a step back and realize that it can do its own thing and it will be good. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't need to be a carbon copy because if you want a carbon copy, just watch the original again. Let's do something new, something fresh. And I to get ready for this episode, I was like, oh, I should watch, uh, last night, I was like, I should watch a legacy sequel. So I decided to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I haven't watched yet. I didn't know what to expect. Um, it relies heavily on nostalgia and callbacks to the original. Some that I haven't seen the original Ghostbusters in quite a few years. So like, I think I probably missed some, but for the most part, I was like, oh, haha, cute. Love that. 
LOL, the marshmallow man, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, LOL, cute. Oh, he's covered in marshmallows like the original, cute. Like I was like that for the most part. But one thing that I really did love about the movie, and I didn't like love this movie. I thought it was very okay. Um, and I do think some of the nostalgia was a little heavy handed to the point where I was just like, okay, we get it. Let's do our own thing. But when they were doing their own thing, I really liked it. And I do think the script was a little weak. Um, mainly dialogue wise, I thought the story was interesting. And that's kind of what I liked about this the most was how the story took a different approach. And that was setting it not in New York City and set, setting it where were they like in Oklahoma or whatever, like some random ass city or state that I like, do people even live there? I don't know. <laughs> but I thought that was interesting. It was it had a whole new feel to it, a whole new color palette to it. Um, I thought it was interesting that it was about children instead of um, adults, instead of like the original cast, although the original cast did come back. Um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And I think more legacy sequels should do something much different than that because watching it it doesn't feel like a Ghostbusters movie if you look at the originals if you compare it to the original two it doesn't feel like Ghostbusters but I think that can be a good thing I don't know I don't know it's I have a lot to think about with that and maybe I should have thought about it more before I started recording just so I have a set opinion on everything but I think everyone should just start thinking about that when going into new, like a new legacy sequel film that to embrace the things that are different about it, because I think that's more exciting. And I originally was not like that. I was like, nope, I want Scream exactly how it was in 1996. I don't think I want that for the Scream 6. I think I want something new. Keep me on my toes. Do something different. And yeah, that's what I have to say on that. I just, <laughs> I think I am just craving something different because a lot of it, I do think feels too much like the original. Like if I look at Star Wars, The Force Awakens, I am not the biggest Star Wars fan. I will be the first to admit that. Star Wars was never my cup of tea. I like a lot of the, well, I don't know if I like a lot of the movies, but I like them. I'm not going to like go out of my way to watch them all. I think my favorite, which is kind of a controversial opinion if you <laughs> look at the internet, but it's The Last Jedi, the one made by Ryan Johnson with Laura Dern with blue hair. Or not blue, she had purple hair. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Laura Dern. <laughs> purple hair. I think that one is so good because it does something so different, not only story-wise, but visually. It just is so visually delicious, okay? It is so good. Like, ugh, it looks so good. I will say it goes off the rails. I haven't seen it since right after it came out in theaters or when it came out on like DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. But the where I think it goes off the rails the most is when they like go to the casino planet or whatever. Like it's too much too long. I think if we simplified it, 
and then just made it so visually cool like how it is it's so fucking good but then all the star wars fans went rabid ran ryan johnson out of the franchise and then oh what's her name um let me look it up because she deserves a shout out because she was so horrifically bullied um kelly marie tran was like so bullied that she had to leave social media has kind of um struggled a bit in um hollywood afterwards like she was basically cut out of the next star wars film it was bad and that is not fair and fans need to shut the fuck up i'm not saying you need to love the movie but like come on one there's no reason to attack any creator of films on social media unless they do something objectively horrible like roman polanski we all need to collectively bully that man someone needs to find him and bully him obviously woody allen bullied let's bully woody allen why are we bullying kelly marie tran when she literally did nothing wrong except show up for work fans need to chill the fuck out and embrace something new something fresh because i always see comments on social media when some reboot is happening or a remake and remakes are a whole other discussion but with reboots and remakes all the comments if you go on facebook when something is an article is posted about a remake they're going to be like hollywood has run out of original ideas first of all i have a lot of problems with that statement which is said all the fucking time one there are there's so much original film out there people just don't seek it out you mean to tell me titan titan i don't know how to pronounce it the movie about a woman fucking a car a serial killer woman fucking a car getting pregnant with a metallic baby and then stealing the identity of a missing child from years ago to be him his to be himself grown up with the firefighter father is not original. Please don't come at me with that shit. You telling me Shiva Baby isn't an original film? Shut the fuck up. Like, shut up. You just aren't watching. You just aren't watching the original stuff out there. Red Rocket, you're saying that's original. Zola, The Power of the Dog passing parallel mothers the green knight the last duel till death the eyes of tammy faye none of those are original shut up but also if things aren't original like these legacy sequels then fans collectively lose their shit and then destroy the film that was made and then it's not successful so then they go back to making what the fans like so like what do you want do you want things to be different and new and fresh or do you just want to watch the same thing again and again and again i'm just saying i'm just saying i cannot stand that conversation because there is so much film out there that you have never seen branch out do something different enjoy something different how about you watch barb and star go to vista del mar one of the best comedies of the last decade 
Come on now. You mean to tell me that David Lynch's films aren't original? Aren't new, fresh ideas? Come on. Don't get crazy now. <laughs> oh, I didn't... I don't think I said anything about... Um, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Sorry, I got so sidetracked. But that is something that I think people need to start discussing or thinking about before they start forming their opinion on new and fresh ideas. <laughs> anyway, Star Wars The Force Awakens. I was so excited for it just because like, oh, we're going to see Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford again. And Chewbacca, like they're all coming back. R2-D2, C-3PO, like, ooh, fun. And they were going to do things like the original did where they were going to do visual effects like CGI as well as having like practical effects as well with like the aliens and all those like puppets and shit. Like it was exciting. It was cool. And then I saw the movie and I think the movie's fine. I'm not going to shit on the movie. The movie's perfectly fine. But the thing with it that I don't really care for is that it's the same exact story as the original trilogy. <laughs> the whole, the whole original trilogy was they're fighting this empire and there's this Death Star and then they defeat them in the end. And then what? 40 years later, it's back. There's a new Death Star, a new empire, just with a new name. Like, we already did this. So now the original was kind of, like, pointless. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so it wasn't my favorite. But then The Last Jedi came out, and it did something new and fresh. And I was like, shit, I'm eating this up. Thank you, Ryan Johnson. But then everyone fucking hated it. And then they went back to kind of, like, same old, same old with what was it called the rise of skywalker or something which i'd honestly remember almost nothing about i did not like rise of skywalker whatsoever i thought it was forgettable to say the least but yeah a lot of things i think are just relying too heavily on nostalgia um, I'm interested to see how Jurassic World Dominion is because if you couldn't tell when I apologized to Laura Dern on this podcast for saying she had the wrong colored hair in Last Jedi, I'm a big Laura Dern fan. <laughs> I'm excited to see her in Jurassic World 3. Now, I didn't care for the first Jurassic World because it felt like a retread of the original. I did like the second one more, which I think people liked less, which that is not a perfect movie by any means. I just thought visually it looked really cool. And there was some like weird horror vibes and like that mansion, like cool. Even though it feels weird that this is a movie about dinosaurs and we're in a mansion, but cool. <laughs> um, this one I feel like is going to go back to kind of what the first Jurassic World did have that feel to it. It'll be very glossy, which uh, we'll see. But Sam Neill, Laura Dern, what's his name? Jeff Goldblum. Like, sure, I'm in. Cool. I don't think it's going to be necessarily great, but I think, I think it'll be fun. It'll be a fun time. I think, like, my expectation going into it will probably be a three, because I don't think it'll be anything new. I don't really like Chris Pratt. I do like Bryce Dallas Howard, though, so there's that. But I don't know. The movie's not out, so I don't want to make any assumptions. Laura 
there's that one. Which other ones I see? Terminator Dark Fate. That's another interesting one. They brought back Linda Hamilton and erased all the other sequels besides two. I thought Dark Fate was fine, but it wasn't amazing. And I think that is a problem I've been having with a lot of these legacy sequels is like they don't push it enough to be its own thing because fans are just holding them back from doing that. So I think like Terminator Dark Fate could have been fantastic, but it wasn't. It was just sort of, oh yeah, that was okay. And then I forgot about it. But like the, like bringing Linda Hamilton back is why I watched it. If Linda Hamilton wasn't in it, I don't think I would have watched it because I just don't care enough because it didn't look new and fresh. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I think I might have talked this topic to death or said all I have to really say about it, but I think it's just something that you should think about when going into watching a a new reboot or a new legacy sequel that keep your judgments until the end and look at, did it do something fresh? Was what it did cool? Even though personally, it's not what I wanted to happen to these characters as if I own these characters, which you don't, but whatever. I don't know. I just, it is something that I am slowly starting to realize myself. And I'm trying to keep that in mind as I go forward, because, um, I can't remember if I just said this or not because I did record. I don't know if I, I don't know if I said this either. I did record a Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode. I did say that, but I can't remember if I said this in this or a previous one, but I recently watched Halloween Kills again, um, with a friend of mine who's never seen any Halloween movie. And if you remember from my episode I did right after I saw Halloween Kills, I was not a huge fan of it. I did not care for it. And I had quite a lot of problems with it. I didn't really care for all of the fan service moments of it. I thought it um, kind of affected the storyline. I thought it affected a lot of things going into this movie. And I thought it was just, it didn't have the right feeling that the original Halloween had. Now, if you, <laughs> that was a big thing I was saying in that episode. I was saying Halloween Kills does not have the same feeling that Halloween 1978 has. This is not the same Michael Myers that I know and love. And that was a huge criticism I originally had of the movie. And you are probably thinking, Patrick, you are such a hypocrite. Well, one, yes, I am a hypocrite. Everyone is a hypocrite and I will stand by that. But I don't think I'm being hypocritical here because I think I'm actually growing because I rewatched Halloween Kills and I enjoyed it much more this time because one, I knew what I was going, I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew what was going to happen. And I think that is another thing. I think if you didn't like something that is a legacy sequel of something you previously loved, you should try watching it again at a later time and your opinion might change because my opinion of Halloween Kills changed pretty drastically. I don't think it's a great movie. Um, I don't even know if I would say like, oh, that's a good movie. But it did its thing. I understood what it was trying to do, what it was trying to say. I think the script again is weak. 
but I had such a fun time watching it that I don't know if my original criticism still stand. I think I was too much into the thought process that this needs to fit with the original. This needs to fit with the 2018 one. This needs to do this. This needs to do this. It doesn't need to do anything. It needs to do what it's going to do. And I hope it does something new and fresh, which I feel like this one kind of did do something new and fresh. Michael was a literal killing machine, something that he has been before, but I don't think to this extent. Like, if you look at the Rob Zombie remakes, that's a whole other ballpark. But this one, I don't know. It was just so entertaining this time around that I'm kind of glad it was what it was. It's very middle ground for me in the series. But again, I've come to the realization that I need to stop going into movies as if I own these characters and it need everything needs to happen how I want it to happen. Let it just play out, breathe for its own, and you will probably enjoy it much more. Like I genuinely had a great time. Three out of five stars for me. Probably a late three, but a three nonetheless. And a three for me means that was pretty good. So yeah, I am again excited for Halloween Ends. I hope it's the last Halloween movie we get for a long time. I don't want them to run it into the gutter like a lot of franchises do when something becomes popular. But I'm excited for it again. I wasn't that excited for it after I saw Halloween Kills, but I think it could go somewhere really interesting and new for Halloween Ends. So I will be opening... I'll be there at the opening showing of it. I'm so excited. And yeah, that's all I really have to say about legacy sequels. I don't think I need to have an hour and a half conversation with it because I'll just start repeating myself. I already was repeating myself in here. I might have to do some editing to get rid of some, a few points that I made that I was just, didn't know what to say yet. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I'm into the idea of legacy sequels, but I like them more when they do something new and fresh. And I guess, whatever, whatever. I've already said that. I don't need to say it again. So yeah, I'm sorry that uh, my episodes have taken a little bit to get out. I don't know how long it'll take me till I can edit this one because I just have life stuff going on. School is school. It sucks. Work is work and that sucks. I have gotten a little bit of a social life as of recently, which is exciting. I haven't had one in quite some time because of the pandemic, but that's fun. Um, I am excited for some 2022 movies to be coming out. I will be covering those. I hope you keep listening. I want to do a research episode again. I feel like this one would have been a good one to do research on and like look at trends of um, legacy sequels, but kind of... I just wanted to pull out a microphone and get to work because my brain is so fried from work and school. So this summer, which is actually for me starting in April when I'm no longer in school, hopefully I'll get more um, research-based episodes out again. And hopefully my the first film degree awards will be super fun. I, I just want my fans to know that it's coming. I promise. So there's that to look forward to. Please follow me on the film film.degree on Instagram for the um, nominations for the film degree awards um, to come out. 
I was going to do an episode on that and then an episode for the awards. Then I thought, oh, that'll just be like a five minute episode of me reading the nominees and no one's going to listen to that. So, um, those will be posted on Instagram and then, um, yeah, the episode will be coming in the next few weeks. So thank you so much for listening. This was a little bit of a shorter episode, but I am okay with that. I think I make episodes too long sometimes. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope you look at legacy sequels a little differently going into them, uh, in the future. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening and hopefully you'll hear from me very soon.